All right, Tyler, next story, we're chatting about IKEA. They actually made some investments into um, climate positivity commitments, and the strategy is an interesting one, one that I wasn't uh, aware of until I started digging into the story. So here's some reporting out of Fast Company. IKEA's parent company, uh, Inca Group, which is spelled I-N-G-K-A, they purchased 11,000 acres of forest in the uh, U.S. state of Georgia from a nonprofit called the Conservation Fund. Now, the goal of purchasing these 11,000 acres was uh, instead of using the land for uh, complete segmentation and um, uh, resource harvesting for their wood home furnishings, the goal, at least a stated goal, is to protect the local ecosystem. And this is part of a broader IKEA strategy to be climate positive by 2030 and includes things like investing in trees to remove CO2 pollution from the atmosphere, but also means things like reducing emissions and supply chain through EVs or renewable energy or upcycling and recycling furniture, etc. And the purpose of Inca Group and the Conservation Fund buying up large swaths of land like this comes down to uh, preventing further divisions and breakups of the land. Basically, when companies want a piece of the timber pie, uh, forests are divided and segmented into you know different sectors that different companies have access to those licenses are then given to the companies etc but that segmentation breaks up the land and when broken into smaller and smaller pieces disrupts the ecosystem and local species right obviously the northern sector of a forest might have a different ecosystem than the southern sector and dividing it up and stripping it at different rates is going to mess with that flow so by buying the whole forest and treating it as one block of land it helps keep things more intact and uh you know more natural uh, however, even though IKEA has purchased the land for conservation purposes, it does also have the ability to source timber from the land. So it's not just to protect the land. They are also getting some timber out of it. Uh, a company spokesperson has said that a, a, quote, no significant amount of wood is used from the forest trees and that the annual growth of the forest is higher than the amount of timber harvested. So you know, that's the um, the sort of justification, right? Yeah, we can log in this area, but we're not logging so much that we lose trees. In fact, we are uh, only logging enough that we can continue to grow uh, the forest instead. Uh, so Inca Group now owns 136,000 acres of forest in five U.S. states. Uh, Tyler, thoughts on that investment strategy? It definitely was a unique one when I started looking into it. That is really interesting. And, and I, I suppose it's... I don't, I, I, the, the idea of purchasing 11,000 acres of forest in the state of Georgia from a nonprofit group called the the Conservation Fund with the, with the goal rather than using the land for timber um, is to protect the local ecosystem again it, it feels like more um, I don't know goodwill hunting is that a good way of putting it <laughs> by saying yes we we recognize that we are a a large um, uh, we utilize a lot of wood in the things that we do at IKEA, that sort of thing. Here's us, you know, trying to still do the right thing in this regard. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's you know an example of um, a business, you know, doing some yes, goodwill hunting to show that they are committed to uh, their, you know, or at least understanding of their impact, right? Right. Um, but yes, to that point, did you know that IKEA is the largest consumer of wood in the world and has actually doubled its wood consumption in the last decade? Wow. Yeah, I did, I did that not I know that. 
I also did not know that until recently. Beavers um, everywhere are shocked. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, pr- protect the beavers, man. But 2020 uh, wasn't all improvements to IKEA's conservation mission. And I think this is important to kind of round out what you were just saying, Tyler. In fact, in summer of 2020, IKEA fell into the spotlight for sourcing illegal timber in Eastern Europe. So here's some reporting out of EarthSight and Channel 4 News. There was an 18-month-long investigation um, and a detailed expose from Channel 4 that found that IKEA was selling chairs made from beech wood that had been illegally sourced in Ukraine. It was sourced this way because uh, of illegally issued licenses from the government body that controls the forest. And what makes this even more impactful beyond being uh, the uh, largest consumer of wood in the world is that IKEA is the largest consumer of timber from Ukraine specifically. And all of this wood is supposedly certified by the Forest Stewardship Council, the FSC, but the FSC never found any issues in its audits. So it kind of revealed some of the deficiencies in um, the uh, I guess, nonpartisan governing body that's supposed to be protecting these conservation areas. Uh, and in response, IKEA is now asking the FEC to do an audit of the situation, saying, quote, IKEA does not accept illegally logged wood in our products, end quote. Uh, so here's a snippet from Alex Thompson's Channel 4 News report on the issue, as well as some thoughts from Sam Lawson, who's the director of EarthSight on IKEA's role in this relationship. Environmental campaigners at EarthSight have been investigating this illegal logging for years. They say IKEA must take responsibility. It's IKEA's job to make sure that what the consumer is buying is legitimate wood. They can't just rely on other people to do that for them. And what we've seen, and not just in Ukraine and not just with IKEA, is that FSC is totally failing in that regard. We've seen illegal wood, human rights abuses, corruption all around the world involving FSC certified companies. And so what IKEA needs to do, using its clout as the biggest buyer of FSC wood, is get FSC to change, make it better. The FSC say they're fully aware of the problems in Ukraine with corruption and law enforcement, but insist whenever illicit acts are identified and reported, they are investigated. Tonight, IKEA said they're launching an investigation and will terminate contracts with suppliers if they're breaking the law. We remain steadfast, they told us, in our ambition to care for both people and planet. We did not include the dramatic music. That was was Channel 4 included, but got to love the dramatics. Uh, Okay, so a lot of context there. Um, Tyler, let me go ahead and break down how I see these things intersecting, and then I'm curious uh, your follow-up thoughts, because where your head was at is kind of the core takeaway, in my opinion. Um, I find the initial move to buy that uh, Georgia forest from Ikea uh, interesting, both of both because of, excuse me, the ways that it benefits Ikea, but also uh, the net benefit that it's encouraging in the natural ecosystems by preserving uh, whole regions and species relationships. I, so, you know, I, I find that a, a bold, positive move. Um, and Inca Group says that its forest management is audited by an international certification body, and it works closely with FSC. But I wonder how strong the safety net is for the forest, especially if FSC 
either didn't know or did know but didn't act on the kind of illegal logging that we are seeing in Ukraine. Because let's say IKEA decides to start overlogging the areas it's signed on to protect. Will they face any repercussions? Uh, and if they don't, then what? You know, uh, how useful is this governing body? How useful is their pledge? Um, I'm not saying they are doing that now, but I think, you know, clearly the governing body that's supposed to maintain this doesn't have the proper amount of oversight. So uh, I think there are gaps that could be exploited. And I think, again, this is another example of major multinational corporations investing in, you know, commitments to socially conscious initiatives, but also either underestimating or ignoring their broader impact as companies, uh, which, you know, I think it's important to be self-aware and have some context as to when I commit as a company, as a leader of a company to any number of causes, uh, what does my company actually do uh, to, you know, um, impact those causes negatively? What are we doing to ameliorate those issues? And, you know, what net effect is our action having Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And uh, you know, even if IKEA may not have known about this illegal logging, they're still the largest consumer of timber in Ukraine. So I kind of agree with Sam Lawson at EarthSight that regardless of if they knew of the logging, they benefit the most out of it. So you know, I think IKEA has some responsibility to make sure that they are living up to their own expectations. So I think you know. We should cut our losses a bit on on this issue. Uh, I think we need to criticize IKEA's obliviousness to the issue and also just demand that industrial corporations have better oversight on their environmental impact. Because in a lot of cases, they already do have oversight over the impact, but either they don't act on it or they don't get proactive enough or it's just not a concern if there are, you know, some lapses. If you have a commitment to these causes, you would expect there to not be said lapses. Um, and, you know, it's important to have a true commitment to these causes if you commit the energy and material resources. And people are watching more closely nowadays. Clearly, uh, this huge expose shows that. So, you know, there's going to be more questions and more eyes on your commitments. Um, so, you know, gotta stay true to it. And if there are no repercussions anyways from your commitments, uh, you know, is a moral imperative really enough? How do we make sure that companies that commit to these causes are really living up to what they're saying? So Tyler, thoughts there. Does that kind of play into where your head was at? Anything to expand on or disagree with? Yeah, no. So um, you took me to a really good spot. And I'm hoping that this, that what I'm going to say makes sense. But I've talked to two or three different clients of market scale across two or three different industries so far in 2021 who have said something to the effect of standards and guidelines are the minimum, right? That the, And the, the conversation that I remember this most specifically occurring was in indoor air quality, right? So you have a, a certain standard that you have to meet for indoor air quality, but that standard is the bare minimum that you have to achieve to, to not get in trouble, right? And so if there is a governing body like the FSC that is in charge of, uh, of something that is looking to see if there are standards being violated. They're looking to see if someone is doing less than the bare minimum that's going to get them in trouble, right? So I, I would expect that a company like Ikea, especially for the level of investment that they have here, and especially for the fact that they are the largest consumer of timber in this particular region of the world, I would expect them to have a higher standard than simply the bare minimum. That simply the FSC saying we did an audit, audit and everything came back clean is not that 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 can't be good enough these days and it shouldn't be good enough these days and I think that that kind of plays into what you were saying. 